I was watching Ben Chilwell pull his hamstring and then carried the tunnel and he was practically dead. Yeah, she's where he had passed away. Like that, that word was used. Oh, it's, a, it's a tragedy. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette in association with Movember. Effortless shave, magnificent mode. Right, we're talking hurling now. I'm delighted to say Park Mara is with us to talk about his new book. It's called All on the Line, A Memoir of Hurling and Commitment. How are you? Good during yourself. Good. We just had Eric Donovan in and uh, we were referring to him as a former professional boxer and he was talking about his identity. That was a big thing for you in the book as well, that whole I'm a hurler and then all of a sudden one day you're not a hurler anymore. That's heartbreaking to read and it's heartbreaking to kind of experience like now at this remove. Obviously from your perspective to revisit that for the book cannot have been any easy thing to do. No, yeah, it was like a, a long therapy session, all right. But, um, yeah, difficult to come to terms with. Like, you know, I wasn't expecting it. Um, I hadn't planned it. Um, do you know, and then just to be all taken away from the space of a couple of days between, you know, from wherever I got my first scan of my neck to when I met the specialist, you know. So, yeah, it, it took me a while to come. Well, it's, I'm still coming to terms, to be honest with you. And uh, it's just finding that whole new routine. And as you said, you know, your identity, I might, I'm known as a hurler around home, like in Tipperary, you know. So, um, like, that whole thing is taken away from you. And, you know, you're just trying to find your own routine again and was to fill that void you know and, and, yeah. it's, and it's hard to fill it like cause it's a big it's a major part of your life well it's like everyday training really like you know yeah. it's, it's not just the pitch sessions it's the eating and it's the like uh, what's everybody else doing and it's the whatsapp groups it's the analysis and all that kind of stuff exactly yeah like and you know it's the small things like as you said there you know I found myself for the first few weeks and months you know opening up the biscuits the biscuits and things like that I used to never even look at like <laughs> and even though you could enjoy him you know even a Claire at home would be saying should you go on enjoy him like but it, it doesn't feel right, you know. And There's then, guilt associated with you know, it. And then I kind of, I used to love training and I fell out of love with the gym for a few weeks because I didn't feel like, what am I going to the gym to do? Like, you know, I have no end goal. Yeah. Um, you know, so for a few weeks I found that tough, but um, then obviously I found it better to exercise for my own mental health and, and well-being, you know. I found it brought me into a bit of routine as well, you know. So it took a bit of juggling to get used to get used to my, my new life as they say Was there any point over the last couple of years where you thought about retirement where you thought that you know I need to start thinking about what life is like or had you decided you were going to leave that like had you kicked that can down the road as far as you could Yeah I never really thought about retirement to be honest with you um, you know I was planning on going back for another year and possibly two seasons with, with Tipperary I was feeling you know, very, very fit. There was no sense. Oh, I'll give it one last shot. It was like, screw that. I'm, uh, you know, someone are going to have to like chisel me out of this team. Yeah, no, I, I, I honestly, I, I, I said no. I'm planning going back next year, and we'll take it from there. Like, you know, and see how we get on. And um, obviously, my the long term would have been to give the club a good three, four, five years when I'm able to give them a, you know, a decent three or four or five years, you know. And uh, so, yeah, like whatever would have been taken away from the Tipperary scene you know taking out a club scene as well was that that kind of you know hit very hard as well you know because many lads get to go back to, and give two or three years of their club after they finish with intercounty yeah and that was just taken away as well so that I found that very hard to deal with as well we had uh, we had Paddy Stapleton on the show last week where he was writing the kids books and he was talking about the first time he picked up the hurl as a moment he distinctly remembers like is that something that that, that you remember quite quite evidently in your head that it was that you're nearly in temporary I guess born with a hurl in your hand you are yeah like it's nearly given to you for the first when you're about five or six years of age I remember my mother you know dropped me up to the juvenile club on a Saturday morning and you know for the first few 
I suppose months and maybe years you're kind of like it's you know you don't really want to go up you probably would rather be watching a cartoon television yeah. or something but <laughs> you know eventually you, you know you get you get caught into it and it, from then on like from 11 or 12 years of age it's just consumes you like uh, we're very lucky with the schools in Turles you know it's all hurling you know our juvenile club Turles so all hurling and then it just brings you on into the into the senior club in Turles so um yeah, no, we've we've you've no real other choice in Turles really. Only you know, if you don't play the hurling, okay. you know, you're kind of made, you know, you're made play it, you know, that kind of way. So, um, yeah, no, we've got a great education to be fair up through the years. I, there was a great story from the from the book. Um, plenty of great stories in the book, but you were talking about the 2009 All Ireland final uh, against Kilkenny, and you said in the book I was at full back. Richie Power was named at full forward for Kilkenny, but Henry Shefflin jogged in at the start. Shit! Looking back, it was a good move by Brian Cody. He probably said to Henry, "This lad did well in the league final, but he's the youngest on the tip team, the most inexperienced to go in there and rattle him." Like absolute. Like thrown in at the deep end as a, as a young hurler like that's 2009 I don't know what age you were then but you were young one of the younger members in the tip panel like that that must have been quite an experience when you're you're watching Henry Shefflin run towards you at the start of an All-Ireland final yeah you know like I would have watched him for the previous 10 years you know and been in awe of him like you know and being in awe of a lot of little Kenny lads and um, you know to see that you know, I kind of had an inkling that it could happen because I think Brian Cody was starting to move, move around Henry Shefflin maybe in the big days on the more inexperienced players, you know, to try and rattle him maybe in that. And I, so I had a feeling it could happen. But then between you do your warm up and then you have to pray it and the stadium is heaving and bouncing. You know, next thing you turn to your position and you look up and here he's in dragging in, but he's probably wearing number 10 or 12. You're like, oh God, you know, like, but uh, yeah, no, it was, you know, I was scared to start that game as well. Um, I got out in front for the ball it was only about a minute or two gone and I ran over the ball and it was only him one on one and uh, with Brendan Cummins and he pulled in it and Brendan Cummins in fairness to him got a slight touch and knocked it out I said if that went in like God knows what way the day would have went for me personally but um, but yeah I know I settled in after that like and uh, but yeah I know I was lucky enough to come up against some of the some of the good lads alright to be fair <laughs> Decent, yeah. Were you always a fullback uh, up to that point or was that a bit of a surprise for you to make the team at fullback at senior? Um I probably would have played the year or two previous in my club fullback. Right. Um, but necessarily, I wasn't really a fullback. You know, Liam Sheedy actually had me fullback in the minor team in 06, but I was always a centre back, a midfielder coming up through the, up through the years. Um, I even give a small bit of time in the forwards, but not too long up there now. But, um, but yeah, no, for them first few years, I was kind of playing fullback for my club and for Tipperary, and then actually simultaneously, I was moved out with my club and moved out with Tipperary as well so after 09 in 2010 when you stopped the five in a row you're obviously in the in the halfback line yeah. at that stage when does that happen when does that uh, sure it kind of happened <laughs> it kind of was made happen I marked we played Cork in the first round 2010 and I marked Isaac Helpine blow and he kind of destroyed us the same day he did okay yeah and <laughs> I was moved out to the wing that match and right from then on it was kind of moved to the wing I was left at the wing like and that seemed like your natural position in a way yeah, would you believe never played wing back up to that? Right, never ever played wing back. It was always full back, centre back, midfield. I was never wing back until Liam Shee played me number seven, and just to be honest, which is probably one of, probably my best position down through the years. You know, the one I most felt naturally at. Yeah, isn't that mad? Mm, <laughs> that yeah. like you know you need to have the traumatic experience of Isaki. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, I just guess like I would have got another experience. I was put back in full back in 14 and now I was, I was playing perfectly fine there but we played Galway in 2014 the qualifier and, and Johnny Glynn scored two goals off me. Now it was 
I, it wasn't all bad that day but uh, I was moved out after that as well and again it was just you know I was moved back in another time as well so it is you know it is you'd be moved after one or two performances but then you're put back in again so well I don't think anybody's going to stop by Saki that day that was like all time great performance yeah no it was uh, tough going because he had given us a bit of a handful in the league game as well that year so um you know, he was just so big. He was probably one of the hardest men I've ever marked. Right. Definitely. You talked about the number, the number six role in the book as well, and how that's changed. And even your kind of reference to Hannan and, and more recent centre half backs. But that was one of the things that started. You said like to have someone like Brendan Cummins behind you and him shouting at you. You know, watch left or watch left or whatever. And the fact that you can hear him in a crowd of fifty, sixty, seventy thousand people, like it has changed his position dramatically. But to have a goalkeeper or someone who's so vocal behind you must make it all the, the bit easier. Yeah, you know, I was looking. When I was starting out like that, in my first few years, 9, 10, 11, we great big personalities and lads with major experience. Brendan Cummins had been going to Tipperary for since the mid 90s. Like, um, you know, Paul Corn was there, uh, Declan Fannin was there in 2009, um, Connor Manning, you know, so there was, there was major experience around there. Like, so we were so lucky coming in that these lads had been through it all and they'd been through the tough times as well. So, um, yeah, I know it was a bit, it was a big help to us, and as I said, to you, a big personality. He's made the made the presence well known on the pitch, like you know, and even in the dressing room as well. So, um, yeah, we got a good uh, understanding of what was needed and required. Like those those tough times, Caroline Curd is someone we've spoken about plenty on the show mm-hmm. from the sports psychology perspective, and uh, you talk you touch on it in the book as well. The fact that after that 09 All Ireland final loss, you're obviously all gutted, and I think he's he's all sat around in a circle and and shared how you all felt I suppose this was probably before tw- the 2010 season started but you shared what the 2009 final defeat meant to you personally and there were a few tears in the room yeah I know it's funny like when you actually get a, a group of grown men into a room and they get to talk about their emotions like you know and for the first one or two you're like oh, what's <laughs> what's going on here but then as it goes around everyone's actually feeling the same and it's amazing like you know when everyone actually just talks like that truthfully and honestly like what it means to people like then you kind of realise this actually means a lot to the group like you know and that's what Karen did she literally just one or two sentences and let the whole thing open up like and that's what she's very good at like you know and uh, yeah lads just talked about what it, what it felt and what it meant to him to lose and I suppose what it meant to him to win possibly win one as well so um, yeah that was kind of it It really opened up to us all that geez, this means a lot to lads you know and lads with kids lads that are married young lads already 19, 20 like we were you know so um, you know it, it all kind of bonded us together and made us feel you know that much more of a group and more stronger and we needed that over certain games that year as well How important for you was it to because you're still under 21 in in 2010 when you stopped the five in a row. That's right. You go on and win the the. We won 21 the following Sunday, yeah, yeah. or Saturday. Sorry, yeah. It's not not a bad week. <laughs> but you had had that experience of being in the team the previous year as a as a 20 year old or maybe even a 19 year old at that stage. How important was it for you that the second time you were in the Ireland final was actually the second time and you've been through that experience of seeing Henry shuffling in? Like, what what was the benefit of that experience? always stood to us like I can only speak for myself I suppose but it's definitely stood to me like you know everything wasn't new like the first year it was just you're getting measured up for suits you're doing this, all them small things tickets you know everything was just was a big ordeal like whether it's the following year it was just nice and calm um, you know everything was new, wasn't new we, we knew what to expect Um like I even remember Liam Sheedy going out to the finest detail of we were training at Simba Stadium one evening and he lined us all up as if we were getting meeting the president <laughs> and 
do you know someone came down and met us all yeah. I think it was the kit man hot point <laughs> and do you know even everything was just covered down to tea like you know and we didn't probably have a big massive peop- amount of people coming in looking as a training Yeah, you have an official open night just before the, the week of the game but other than that was you get a couple of usual local lads just looking in over the, over the, over the gate like but like we would have obviously heard what went on in Blanc and Kenny with the, say. the thousands yeah. but I think we were just being were driven just to take the opportunity knowing that we missed it the year before and um, looked yeah we we needed every bit of it like you know to get over them that year you know and when it does happen and the final whistle goes in 2010 and you're an All-Ireland champion at senior level like Joe Brodie has spoken before about 93 and winning with Derry and being in the shower afterwards in the Cat in the Cage pub in Drumcondra and almost feel like it was an anti-climax in some ways now plenty of other of his Derry teammates felt otherwise but for you what what was that overriding first emotion when you realised that you'd achieved Liam McCarthy yeah I know it was amazing I remember um, he was running around like a lunatic like basically you just can't believe it and then we received the cup and you're going on meeting supporters afterwards like I remember one of the first supporters I met and actually I wouldn't have really known him at the time was Nick English was a couple of rows back and he just jumped out you know, give you a big hug, and you're saying, "Geez, that's Nick English," like you know, and that's what this is what it means to them. And you're just everything is just you're in party mode, like you know, that night, the following day, the homecoming, and everything was just the buzz. And then we had to knuckle back down to Tuesday night and go back training because we were playing the All Ireland on the 21 on the Saturday, and we were lucky that was played in Turles as well. Um, you know, so like I remember the, the lead up into that match, like, and I'm from Turles, so I'm living in town, and you know, the buzz around the place was just unreal. And you knew the boys, the senior boys, were going to travel to the county and they were enjoying themselves, and we were getting all the pictures. But you know, we had the opportunity to really make a party of it on the Saturday, and everything just went down, you know, to a tea, like, and it was thir- like that week was just amazing. Like, it's it's just real really like and no matter where you went or who you met it was just everyone was in great form and, and buzzing like you know so it's one week I'll never forget anyway and um, the following week I maybe comes in and climate you're, you're put back into club training and it's lashing rain and you know but no it was an amazing week like and it's one I'll never forget in a way right like we we as a, a fans of hurling become aware of you more that year than even the previous year because you're just breaking into the team but this year like uh, that that team stops the five in a row and so therefore instantaneous everybody is, is on the team is famous and then the next week you back it up in an under 21 game that I think far more people watched because there were five five seniors on the team right? Yeah. And uh, like I think the last time that we had heard this happen was the 98 and the Galway footballers I hate to bring it up it, it kills me but anyway um, like it, so immediately there's kind of extra weight and celebrity that comes with that and our identity of you uh, going back to the start of the conversation is that you're you're a hurler and you're like a very important member of this team um, and I can see how like that just becomes who you are I'm, I'm now a hurler and we win all Ireland so like that must have been interesting and a bit of a challenge and also very enjoyable like a kind of whole mix of things yeah you know I suppose life did change a bit after that 2010 season because I suppose even nationally we came out of you know you know, we, we came into the limelight, I suppose, and um, there was a lot more eyes on us. And you know, you could hear the talk of, "Oh, well, how many are you going to win?" You know, this kind of thing. And you're like, "Jesus!" And the effort has gone to that. But um, you know, definitely, we're in the more limelight. You know, if things go well, you get you get all the praise. But likewise, if things were going against you, or it was a loss, you know, or you, we lost the All Ireland the final year, the criticism was a bit more. 
you know straight at you as well like you know so we had to deal with both sides of it but um, yeah like we as we spoke about the start of identity the identity definitely came out that year you know, 2009 was fine. People kind of just and oh, you were just there was not really much about it. But from 2010, the winter 2010 onwards, you know, walking down the street, you, you were known as the hurler, really. Like you know, and yeah. um, the, the eyes were more or less on you. If that's if if it was Christmas time and you're going out for a pint or and well, you're say, being watched and yeah. you know people are like, oh, is he having a yeah? Well, <laughs> December, like yeah. leave me away, leave me alone, like you yeah. know. So are you tempted to run away from that at all, or do you, do you have to just embrace it? Like, is it? Is it natural? Um, I suppose it's annoying. And when I was younger, probably I found it annoying. Um, you know, all the eyes were on you. But as I got older and more experienced, you know, I think I kind of dealt, dealt with it and just kind of, you know, it was what it was. It was all part of who we are. And yeah, you know, I'm just as normal as the next person. Like you're kind of at the start of that uh, generation of people who are like. Can I get a photograph? 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 Well, like, because I think just starting camera phones around the yeah. time, mm-hmm. you, yeah. Um, does that become normal? Is that okay as time goes on? Do you just get good at that and understand that that's what it's going to be like tonight where and there's going to be some melts around? Yeah, you know, I suppose um, earlier on, the first year, I think even referenced the book that you know, people look for for photos after all Ireland were beaten, and I'm like, "Why are you looking for a photo of me for?" Like, yeah. I'm only here a year. Like, um, but as time went on, yeah, you do find it, and the camera phones. Then you know, more you know, you find you could be inside in a bar, or you could be anywhere in some ladder, a child, or someone could come up and go, "Can we get it?" And just pull the phone out in front of you and start yeah. taking pictures, and you're looking, do you know, like so. Um, but you do get used to it, like I suppose. And as I said, that's the, that's the way it is now. You know everyday life you know no matter who you are so um, but yeah I know it was it's again at the start I probably found it a nine but again you you grow to get used to it that uh, that being thrust into the limelight as well I guess pundits take notice of the, of the team and the, the new players coming through there was a great uh, paragraph you had in one of the chapters as well you said I, I can remember Gerlach Nan saying back around 2009 that the Tipperary defence was very slow that if you turned us we'd be in trouble which is an narrative I heard a few times over the years that if a team got us running back towards our own goal we were essentially screwed. Like that, that, was that something that punditry and lazy narratives became a thing around 2009, 2010, that you were like, okay, teams are after us now because we're, we're starting to win games? Yeah, look, I, I, just, I just felt it was a bit, yeah, as you said, they're a bit lazy, like to throw that as like, people would have said that throughout all my whole career, and like, it would have said it about various players of us on the Tipperary team, like, but, you know, I don't ever think we were, like, ever looked, we were ever slow or anything like that, and, as I said in the book, like if if you run at any defence, if it's hurling, if it's football, and you break through, like every defender is going to look slow, like turning and chasing back, <laughs> yeah. like you know. So I just felt that was that, that didn't really hold up, really, to be honest with you. And um, I don't think anything like that ever caught us out over the years, like you know. So, um, but yeah, again, that's all part and parcel of you know as you're getting a bit more successful and winning a bit more, a few more games that the line is going to be on you a bit more as we spoke about whether it's supporters you know at home or whatever or even if it's if it's pundits or you know the Sunday game different things like that like you know so um, again it's all part and parcel it probably would have been something again that would have, would, have, would have frustrated me to start but as I got older and got more experienced it was something just went over my head It's easy to enjoy those All-Irelands at the time like, but like Gavin White was in with us on a Saturday there recently and he, the morning after picking up his first All-Star with Kerry like you have six of them like is it is it at the point where now that you're retired you can kind of look back and say Jesus that's not the, bad the individual honours are fairly fairly nice to look back on now because at the time you can't really 
talk too much about the individual honours it's all about the team but now you can kind of look back and say Jesus I was fairly good yeah I suppose again it was, wasn't I didn't really reflect on anything in my career until actually writing the book with, doing the book with with, uh, with Michael Minahan and you're kind of obviously he's making you delve into everything that went on whether it was the good games the bad games you know the wins the losses whatever it was and yeah look it is nice to look back and, and, and like I, no GA player especially obviously they're all going to be still playing and involved they're going to say look it's still about the team usual stuff but there's no doubt about it it's nice winning an award, individual awards such as, as prestigious as an all-star and um I suppose now I can look back and say, yeah, look, it's proud to have them, and my mother is in my home, probably looking after him, you know. And Rowan is lucky enough to have a couple there as well. So I was going to say, how many does he have? Yeah, I think he's two. I think. All right, so he's got a while, a while to go. Catch up yet, yeah, but um, <laughs> hopefully he does. That means we're going well at home. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, they, they are nice to have. And to be honest with you, and probably now for me, I can look back and say, yeah, it just shows that I put in a lot of hard work and. It took a lot of hard, um, you know, effort and I suppose sacrifice. And um, yeah, look, it is nice to look back and have them a couple of awards. And uh, pity there wasn't another or learned or two with it. Now it'd be nice. You'd have been uh, marking on Kelly sometimes in training. You might be marking him on the sideline this year. He's uh, he's in yeah. with Davy. That's going to be interesting. Yeah, you know, he's down with Davy in Waterford. You know, so it'll be interesting times this year. Right? Nice um, low profile Munster championship this season. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, I think they were. There's probably a connection there from LIT over the years. I think the two of them were, were involved together in the Skipping Cup. But yeah, I know it'll be interesting. Um, we'd own with us in our, in our home club at Turles there a few years ago. He gave a handout. So um, yeah, I know he's going to bring a lot of expertise down to, to Davy now as well. So um, But yeah, I know it'll be interesting times ahead next summer. Yeah, and um, Limerick obviously going up for their own little bit of history. It's uh, nice to have many teams desperate to stop them. <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing. Like, who's who's going to put, who's going to stop them? Like, and if they can be stopped at all. But look, fantastic, fantastic team, and they're going through the time now. Probably that Kilkenny went through um, during the thousands. You know, just that kind of unbeatable feeling. Like, you know, and yeah. no one's going to stop us. And and they're, and they're probably and they're hungry for more. Like, you know, they don't sound like the personalities that are going to be happy with what they have. Like, and. So it's going to take an awful effort from someone. It's going to take an unbelievable performance on one given day and for, to knock to, to get Limerick off their perch. And is the Patrick's Well game? Is there any context that that's important in terms of what happens next year? Does it matter at all? Is it just a completely separate competition, totally irrelevant? Which game is that? I'm sorry. The um, the Munster Club. Does that matter? Oh, sorry. Napierschik. Uh, Napierschik. Sorry. Um, does that matter in terms of an All Ireland? Is there anything that like Ballygunner can do, any template that they can put up against those lads, or is it actually better for the rest of the country if they go on and win a club all Ireland and um, over celebrate a bit? <laughs> um, I don't think them kind of lads now. To be honest. Um, no, I wouldn't think it's any bearing. Like I think Ballygunner have run way of playing, and they're so you can see down through. The, I think Ballygunner have run through every club team they have. They all play in the same way, so they're not going to change their identity for. I don't think the Pearsicks the way the Pearsicks are going to play. So that's why I think that game. Is going to be so intriguing um, who wins out in that um, you know I'm, I'm working down the, in around in the Pearcy lads in Cardavan down there so spying yeah I think they're really going to push for they're going they're going for big time this year I think you know so that's going to be a cracking game you know I'm going to try and get into it if I can and uh, which I'm really looking forward to that that'd be a cracker like and it would be interesting if Bally Gunner style of play can you know upset the Napierish lads and see you know as you said there it could be something for us all to look at maybe in, in a couple of months time any, any little bit of evidence helps well listen we wish you the very best for the, and was the therapy therapeutic in the end do, do you feel better for having written it or is it like oh jeez yeah it's just something I never thought of doing and 
probably was never going to you know if you asked me a few years ago I was like no I'm not no way and then when it was put to me I was like yeah do you know what and, it's, and Michael was brilliant with me as well like you know and uh, you know we had some great chats and yeah to be honest with you when I finished it then he said that's it we're done now and you sign off and you said you're happy with everything and you said you know what I actually enjoyed it and you know it made me reflect on games and you know obviously games that didn't go so well like the couple of irons we talked about or you know the games that did go well like 2010 that week and you know 2019-16 whatever it was and you know it's just a you know, that, that was actually nice and you kind of go you kind of you know breathe out and go that's it like and you can try and move on if you can like you know so um, no I really enjoyed it I remember sitting we had a, a live hurling show uh, for off the ball in Croker the Limerick Cork All-Ireland semi-final in 2018 and I remember sitting beside you yourself between yourself and Dan Shanahan which was just the most remarkable insight for a game of that magnitude but did, like you were sitting there and uh, talking about the game as a player like will you now watch hurling in a completely different way as, a, as someone involved in either punditry or coaching like can you, can you almost relax now when you're, when you're not involved in the game directly as a player can you now just kind of almost see it differently yeah look I suppose the Tipperary games last year I was watching my brother was involved and obviously I'm after leaving so I was still kind of look, you know, doing everything I could to try and nudge him over the line but all the other games then I enjoyed I really enjoyed, I never went to so many hurling games in my life and even to games that at junior intermediate level at home the club that I would never have went to but yeah you, you are kind of going looking at what way are they setting up and, and what are they what way are they doing to counteract them and different things like that so you're probably looking at it in a different in a different way more than just turning on a game and just watching to see what happens like you know so um, yeah I know the mindset probably has changed a small bit you know and then you know, and getting involved now in the backroom team with Tipperary and stuff. So you are watching how other teams are, what other way players are playing, or is that you can pick up maybe. You know, it's even kind of so mad that you want you watch a football game, so you can pick up something off the football game that you might be able to bring into the hurling side of things. So yeah, I know the mind has been overdrive a bit, but at least in a different, it's a different way more than when you were a player. Well, listen, we wish you the very best of luck with it. The book uh, is available in all bookshops now, but if you want to get a signed copy, you can head along to Easton's in Clonmel at 10 o'clock on Saturday morning and then at Thurless in Easton's at 12 o'clock. It's called All on the Line, A Memoir of Hurling and Commitment. Park, thanks very much for joining us. Cheers, guys. appreciate that. OTB AM with Gillette in association with Movember. Effortless shave, magnificent mode.